Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder from the Apple. Got a very special guest for this today. Uh, world-renowned musician, world-renowned Mets fan, Josh Eppard, drummer of Coheed and Cambria, currently touring the United States once again. Josh, thanks so much for coming around, man. Ow! Happy to be here, Tim. Man, that was like the most special introduction I've ever gotten. Am, am I really world-renowned? That feels good to hear. Wow, thank you, sir. Dude, I was, um, you know, I graduated <laughs> high school in 2001, and I know I, I can count It'll take two hands to count my friends that were like diehard Coheed fans. So, yeah, this is, it's very cool for, from a personal aspect. Yeah, that was kind of like our beginning. God, dude, it is crazy. I mean, if you had asked me as a kid, I mean, I didn't know Jack as a kid, but if you had asked me if I seriously thought 20 years later at 41 that I'd be doing this and doing this at a level that I'm not sure I could even wrap my head around this level five years ago. The band has grown so much in the last five years. It's really a mystery to people. Most people, take my hometown in Glenmont, New York. Yeah. They ask me the name of my band so often, I start making up band names. Like, they have never heard of a Coheed or a Cambria. They don't know what it is. They say things to me like, you got to come and play my cousin's bar. It's one town over. They have no idea we have 10,000 people at every show. It's just <laughs> wildness. But I, I wear that as a badge of honor in a way. It's a real kind of cultish thing. It's a very tight-knit community and uh you know it's a lot of friendships and a lot of deeply personal relationships that transcend the band that i count in my own life so i it's just so wild that it's been 20 years you say 2001 and it's like it's kind of all hit us like god we've been doing this for two decades <laughs> and just how lucky we are too dude we are so lucky that we get to do this and at this level yeah i'm the luckiest son of a bitch on planet earth i don't know how else to put it uh how's the tour going it's just unbelievable. You know, we didn't know what this was going to be like, obviously. I mean, I don't think any band does, but we said, okay, it's all outdoor venues. It's later in the summer, so we could at least have plans. And we didn't just jump right out there and jump right in. There's all kinds of safety protocols, as I'm sure you can imagine. And uh, it's just been so wildly successful and thrilling to be out here and doing this again. I mean, honestly, Tim, there's a time. I mean, if you were me, you'd have to wonder, like, God, do I even have a job anymore? Is live music? What if? What if it's 10 years before it comes back, which I'm sorry, last year, that didn't seem that crazy yeah. because things that you thought could never happen are happening every day. So yeah. it was like really scary. So to be back out here, I was overcome that first show a little bit, a couple of tears in my eyes, just sure. so happy to be working. And, you know, I talk about how successful the band is, but let's be real here. We're not Metallica. We're not Green Day. We have to work in order to make a living. We can't just sit home and, you know, our records don't sell like that. It's about the live show and it's about, I mean, much like one of your favorite bands, Fish, who are obviously, you know, as big as it gets, but they tour, the lifeblood of their whole operation is that touring that live show that's connected with so many millions of people. Well, that's true for us, except it's not millions, it's thousands, but it's, we have to go to work to, to be able to keep the machine going. So um, I just can't, I, I could go on and on. I, I can't properly articulate just how happy and just how excited I am to be back doing this. 
and to see people there. And I just hope everybody's safe. Um, you know, I, the band took a lot of heat, I guess. I, we put out a, a like I said, a, a, not a public service message, but we just said like, hey, if you're coming to the show, we think it's a good idea if you're vaccinated. We didn't say, hey, hard line, you have to be vaccinated. Quite mm. honestly, that's up to a lot of the venues. And a lot of the venues are saying that. We're just saying we think it's a good idea. We don't want to get anyone sick. I mean, hasn't COVID affected? It used to be what? Eight months ago, people would say, do you even know anyone with COVID? Well, now the answer is overwhelmingly yes. We all know somebody who got COVID. We all know somebody who got fucked up. Oh, pardon my language. But somebody got messed up from COVID. Oh, awesome. Um, and we just call us crazy. We, you know, in COVID, we just want our fans to be safe, man. Our fans are our friends. It's a, it's a, like I said, it's a cultish thing. It's a community. It's a family. And we want everybody to be safe. And so far, so good. Fingers crossed. God, please, I don't want to jinx it. But yeah, so far, so good. So cool, man. And what's the um, what's the fan reaction been like? I know that you got like you said, it's a cultish type following. You know, these fans have to be thrilled to see you guys. Oh, yeah. It's been um, for all the bands, really. I mean, we're out on tour with a really tremendous band called The Used, who also has been around for 20 years. Um, There's a lot of nostalgia out there, but I think you'd be shocked how many young fans are out there, too. It's really, really wild. But yeah, for Coheed, it's always been about the energy that we get back from the crowd. So you can imagine after an almost two year hiatus, they go absolutely apeshit. And I don't care how tired you are or how sleepy or whatever, your muscles are sore. When you get that energy back, you have one option and it's to go bonkers with them. And it's a really kind of beautiful exchange of energy, I guess, without sounding too much like my hippie parents. But that's really what's happening up there. It's like a deep, powerful exchange of energy. Yeah, man. So far, every it's only, we're only five shows in, but I got to say, I feel like they're five of the best shows in my life. Yeah, I mean, that, that I've been to just a couple of shows this summer and that feeling of being back there. And again, this is just from a from a, a spectator's perspective, but that that feeling of being back there and live music, it's uh, it's magic. And, and ma- dude, magical. But it's yeah. the perfect word. There's a bit of magic there. And I'm feeling that on stage every night. And I mean, the spectator, I, I have yet to go to a show. That's a different thing. I think I'll be feeling that in a different way, but equally as powerful, just like what you're talking about. There's a magic to going to a show, too. And I look forward to that. And, you know, I just want I want things to go back to normal, um, obviously, like everybody does. But I want to do it safely and I want to do it the right way. And the fact that we're out here and nothing's gone off the rails yet, I think, is a real positive sign. And the energy we get back. I mean, we that's our blood. We live off that. and We need that. So, yeah, I'm flipping ecstatic, man. That's great, man. It's such a high energy music. It's, it's, you know, it's reciprocal and it's, it's just so cool. Um, and I guess, you know, shifting over, we'll find a segue here somewhere. Um, <laughs> that the, the energy, we're going to stick with the energy and the Mets have been ha- kind of up and down as far as their energy. I know we wanted to spend some time talking about them too. Um, you know, they were riding high for a while this season. Things kind of fell apart. 30 games left. We're recording this on Thursday ahead of the game. 30 games left. Uh, do you think this team has a run in them or what? I God, Come on, man. I'm a, <laughs> just like, how could I not? I mean, is it – it's probably not super probable, but, yeah, of course, dude. If there's a mathematical chance, I can't help, you know, as jaded as I can be. And I think I do – I might not be as positive as old Tim, but I can <laughs> – I stay pretty positive, man. And I've learned that over the years from, you know – I have family that are Met fans that, like, as soon as a guy gets on first, they say, oh, God, can't wait for him to come around and score. It's kind of this, like, woe is me. I don't root like that. I try to stay positive. Hey, we've seen worse 
We've seen the Mets collapse way worse than giving up a five-game lead with 30 to play. So, yeah, I think they have a run. Do I think this is a perfect team? God, hell no. But <laughs> if they get hot, I do think I do think they are rich with talent that has underperformed. And if that sleeping giant wakes up, I mean, forget it, dude. If a couple of those guys get hot, I think they can beat anybody in the league. Sure. Yeah, if you yeah. get – you know, if Jake can work his way back and maybe make a start towards the end of the year, if Noah can come back from this COVID thing, if everybody else hits their stride, sure, there's um, there's always a possibility. I'm with you there. You got to believe is pretty much a life credo at this point. But absolutely, dude, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, what was your take on the whole uh, the Boogate action last week? Man, that was you know, dude, like. The Mets fan base is so eclectic and made up of such a kind of wide window. You know, I it's not very often that I fall in line with like a lot of the pundits and a lot of the professional writers and stuff. And like, but this time I was really like, I didn't get what the big deal was, honestly. Like, yeah. I clearly to me, as soon as they started doing it, I knew what it was. They're being cheeky, kind of mocking those boos. <laughs> no big deal, right? Whatever. Have fun. I think when Baez put it into words, it kind of it took that cheekiness and just made it seem a hundred times worse than it ever really was. Um, but what's so funny is bias comes out, has himself a game. Lindor has himself a game. It's like, boo, who, schmoo, crew, who gives a shit? The Mets are winning and winning cures all. But no, I didn't care. But I, I have a lot of close friends, man, that were like seriously pissed about it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I wasn't, I don't, I just, I don't know. To me, it. I try to always remember these dudes are human beings and I personally, and I don't mean this on some kind of high horse, I wouldn't boo a guy. I'm too much of a softy to boo a guy. I wouldn't want to kick a guy while he's down. <laughs> I can get as frustrated as anybody, dude. I'll be throwing my hat, screaming, God damn it. My wife's yelling from the kitchen, what happened? I'm all pissed <laughs> off. But I wouldn't boo him in person. You know, that's just yeah. not my, but it is part of New York baseball. So I kind of like have a foot in each camp. Like I get it. It's part of it. But then the players are free to say, hey, we think it's lame. I was tweeting and saying, like, what an opportunity for us as a fan base to just say, hey, we hear you. Maybe we'll try to be a little gentler. A lot of people didn't get behind that. They said, hey, it's New York. They better get used to it. And I, I don't know, man. I'm not a booer. I don't think that was aimed at me. I don't even know if, honestly, if it really was aimed at the fans. I think they were being cheeky, yeah. having fun with, like, some bummy shit that happened to them. And I get that. You know, and if they're hitting, if they're going like this because they got a double or they're hitting the ball hard, what do I care? They're hitting the ball hard. I'm stoked for him. So, but that, damn, it was crazy. I mean, you exist in this world. I mean, I'm on Twitter as much as you pretty much, but like you exist in this world and you write in this world. Sometimes it's overwhelming and I got to just get offline. Cause like I hear I'm arguing with 15 people at once and <laughs> I'm not an arguer, man. I don't like to argue. I, I'm like a softy like that. I really don't like confrontation. I don't like to fight with people. Um, one of the things that, kind of being like in the middle has gifted me as I am always willing to like challenge my own perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good quality to have, but in terms of Boogate, which I love that you called it that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't give a shit, whatever. And it seems like it's kind of ending now too, right? It's like over bias had a good game, whatever. It's like, let's let it blow over. But I was shocked. I was shocked at some of the media professionals that were like seriously ticked off about it, but you know, they have their own baseball experience and their own kind of thing. So, I mean, I don't knock them for it. I guess I get it. But to me personally, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really give a shit. Yeah. I mean, everyone took it their own way. And, and you can't fault anybody for kind of being the fans that they're they're going to be. Everyone's a fan in their own way. And exactly. You can't knock it. You don't have to agree with it, but you don't have to, like, you know, 
oh, this is wrong. It, there's really no wrong. Well, there are, there are some wrong ways. Yeah, <laughs> they're definitely, we've seen them. I mean, you know, I like this Mets team. You know, I like, I love Marcus Stroman, dude. I love the energy that he brings. That dude, and like the fact that, like, I get that he can be like kind of inflammatory, but like, Dude, he's a young athlete. He's the first guy to congratulate people. His teammates love him. You ever notice, like, all the retweets and friends that he has around the league from people he's played with? Marcus is awesome. I love Pete. I mean, I called one time my daughter and her friend were watching a game, and they were just kind of lovingly calling Pete a dork. And I was like, that's why I love this guy. It's the home run derby. (laughs) What a dork. Guess who else is a dork? I love Pete, dude. I just – I like this team. I really thought – Coming into this year, dude, I thought we were going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's really wild, the underperformance that's gone on. I, I'm not sure of the answer. I think if I had the answer, I'd have somebody from the Mets on the line and I'd be telling because <laughs> I don't think anybody really knows. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm just a fan. What's the saying? You root for the name on the front, not the back. But that's, yeah. that's true on one hand. And on the other hand, it's not true. Like, I fall in love with these players. Like, I fall in love with rooting for these guys. And yeah. um, I do really like these players. I love Dom Smith, dude. I even like some of the subsidiary players. Man, Pilar's done a lot. And I get it. These guys struggle. I'll walk with them through the flames, like always. Hey, like Baez said, you're going to win with us. You got to lose with us. I'm with that, dude. I'm with that 100%. I would love to see this team get hot and do something special, do something magical but yeah it's a deeply flawed team the approach comes into question i mean they'll drive you up the wall this year (laughs) dude isn't it crazy that like four months ago we're talking about is this the most fun mets team of all time you know and all the all the uh like the second string play third string players are in there and whatnot and i did an interview with uh I think Amazing Avenue, and I said, God, my fear is that, like, we get our starters back and we stink. And I, I, I think a lot of Met, Met fans shared that kind of worry. And then, But I didn't really think that's what was going to play out. I thought we were going to get our guys back and just be, boom, to the moon. But it's so funny how much, God, the baseball season, it's like a universe, a whole, it can, everything can shift and change all within this finite space of a season. Yeah. And it seems like 10 years ago that we were talking about is this the most fun Mets team of all time? And then just fast forward three months. How must that feel for the players? And I try to imagine what it's like for these professional baseball players. They're the best at what they do in the world. And they got to deal with like people just shitting all over them and being awful to them. I'd like to be the antithesis. And I'd like to be the opposite of that and try to like, you know, be uplifting and pump these guys up. And that's what my job as a fan is. That's how I view it. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we both want to see the vets do special things. We'll see. Sure. I think they do have a run in them, Tim. I do, but that's probably the undying optimist in me, you know? Hey, you know, they certainly have the opportunity to to make up some ground over the next week or so. Uh, they got, I think, nine games left, 10 games, including today, against uh, the Nationals and the Marlins. You know, nothing's impossible. We, we yeah, shall do. I think by the time they come back home uh, – yeah, they got the Yankees the weekend of 9-11. And then, uh, you know, there's like three weeks left after that. So they're, they're going to know by then what's 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 really happening. Now, you guys are going to be back around the way, like September, late mid-September, right? Yeah I, get, yeah, I know we're in Jersey. Tim, you should come to a show, dude. If you ever want to come to a show, you just let me know, dude. I'll have you all taken care of. Um, yeah, I know we're doing Jersey. And that's towards the end of this run. So, yeah, that's getting into September and – it, the tour ends right before the baseball season ends. I think I get home on like the 25th, so I'll be able to watch like a couple more games at home and then it's kaput. But um, 
yeah, if the Mets go into the postseason, it's going to make for some interesting. Uh, <laughs> I drive the band nuts, dude. I like the whole <laughs> schedule has to be built around the Mets and whatnot, or I try to anyway. Yeah. Um, dude, in 2015, we were on tour the entire postseason. Oh, from the yeah, dude, and it I didn't miss a pitch. Like so, you got your phone. Winning. You got your phone on your kit. A hundred percent. They had a stand. The crew. Once people like at first they were kind of annoyed by me. Me and Claudia actually got in an argument because it's like the first day of rehearsal and it's the Mets' first game in the postseason. I'm not missing it, dude. And I said, "Hey, can we move this one thing to six instead of eight? Like the game starts at eight. But once the guys like saw how important it was to me, our crew had built a little stand for my iPad. And thank God, thank you, Major League Baseball. They gave me a blackout free. Uh, subscription so I was able to get the games on at bat so I didn't oh. miss a pitch and I had it there on my iPad and I'll tell you the band won't love to hear this but there was a few times that I was so wrapped up in the game that I missed a part or like I screwed <laughs> something up but I I just what a thrill 2016 I know they technically went to the postseason but it just yeah. you know it wasn't the same thing I mean 2015 yeah like 2015 will go down it's one of those magic years dude it was yeah. just one of those absolute magical that's the reason i'm a fan and we've only had a couple of those you know i've really never seen the mets win i've never i wasn't really a conscious being in 86 i was five years old yeah i didn't I understand like it yeah i think you were even younger you're like four we're babies i didn't understand i i gotta see the mets win and i, I don't think listen in my if i'm being totally realistic I don't think it's impossible that it could be this year, but I don't think like this is our, I'm not like confident, like, Oh, listen, they're going to do it. Um, <laughs> but you know, if they get in there and some magic happens, you know, I'll be there not missing the pitch, but I've got to see them win. I can't even fathom what it would feel like to see them take the whole thing. God, could you imagine? No, I couldn't. <laughs> I, I honestly know, right? couldn't. And you felt it like, like 2015, you felt it. I know 2006, I felt it. Um, and both, you know, especially, you know, 2006 was just so special. You felt it at every turn, all the comeback wins. And then boom, it just, you know, petered out. They lost their start in pitching. And that was that 2015. Um, that, that felt magic. That wasn't just a special team. That was magic. And it was, uh, it was cool. And, and there were times this season when it really felt like that. Neither, I know. I the, parallel, know. the parallels between the low points like, I guess in 2015, it was that, that Padres game in the rain. And then this whole stretch in August, like, there, there's parallels there. And, and yeah, I mean, even if they make it to the postseason, it's going to take, again, close to a miracle for them to get through the Giants or the Dodgers or the Braves. But, boy, we saw it happen. We saw Daniel Murphy turn into the greatest baseball player in the last 40 years in the postseason. And, you know, it, anything's possible. We, we know yeah. that. We're Mets fans. I know, I know. God, this year did have, like, the makings of – I can remember my brother. You know, my brother's a career musician, too. He fronts this, like, amazing The Beatles meets Dream Theater prog band called Three. He's as diehard a Met fan as I am. That's awesome. We're two, yeah, we're two, like, lifelong career musicians who just love the Mets. What's really, truly fucked up is our father's a Yankees fan. We don't know <laughs> how this happened. I don't know how we are Mets fans, but from the time that I can remember, I was a Mets fan. But – this season did have like I can remember my brother calling me and saying like, "Dude, this is a magical team," and I believe I was with him. Like I know, dude, yeah. they just they each day it's a different guy. So that lives in them. That's it's still part of their DNA. They just had such a rough stretch, but yeah. if they can get back to the winning ways, who knows? You know, Tim, you bring up 
2006, man. I, I've told this story on Twitter, but I honestly, like, my fandom, and I know it's totally irrational, but I blame myself for 2006. <laughs> you know, I was so, I don't mean to get, like, overly serious or dark, but I was so huh. lost in, like, drug addiction in 06. Can you believe me, a guy who, like, for my whole life, I'm a diehard Mets fan. I didn't even know they were in the postseason. And for some, you're talking, I'm the same guy now that I was. It, it had, it was a, such a teachable, like, moment for me because, um, sorry, I went away for a second. Uh, it spelled out ever so clearly just how far removed I was from me. I didn't even know my Mets were in the postseason, dude, because yeah. nothing in my life, nothing else mattered yeah. but drugs, heroin. And I was a yeah. junkie, and there I am, and I flip the game on, and I see the endy catch. And even uh, in my drugged-out haze, I'm like, yeah, yeah. But then they and, – and just everything said they're going to win that game. You don't make a catch like that and not win the game. Everything is going the Mets' way. And I, I turned the game on, and I swear <laughs> – they lost because of me. I felt it in my soul. Now, clearly, I'm not an insane person. I know that's not true, but that's how I felt. But when people ask me about getting clean and you have these moments that you hang on to, and that's one of them, man. Like, that was – it frightened me. How could I not even know – didn't even know it was baseball season anymore. It's just how I'm miles and miles. I'm so far from who I am. And that was one of those moments that I'll never forget. Um, in, a, in a really – dark way 2006 uh Mets team really kind of opened my eyes and I'd love to say that I cleaned up the next day but that wasn't the case I stayed you know messed up for a few more years but I never forgot that story and you know like I kind of live my life when I look back on like the tapestry of my life I kind of go by Mets seasons like 99 <laughs> you know I'm like experiencing life as a musician like we've got some money it's happening but what I really remember is being so excited that the Mets, our Mets were in the postseason. Like, it was wild to me. That 99 team is probably my favorite team, and I know they went further in 2000. I love the 2000 team, but yeah. John Olerud was such an awesome player, yep. and uh, and he was just such a funky guy with his helmet at first base, and I just loved him, man. I really feel like, I, how could he not go back to the Mets? But reading stories and learning over the time, over time that he, I guess he wanted to go back to his family and whatnot and closer to uh, Seattle. But uh, I thought zeal was like a fine replacement. Zeal had a great year in 2000. It was good, but sure. God, we came up short, man. We came up short against the Yankees, which, you know, a kid from upstate New York does not hear the end of that for a long time. People were calling my house at midnight, like ah, just laughing yep. at me and, Oh, yeah. oh, it stung. It stung hard. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to see the Mets win. You know, if it takes a few years, it takes a few years. Whatever it takes. I just – I know one day we're going to see the Mets win and um, we're all going to hug each other and all the yeah. bad is just going to get flattened out. We're going to – I just can't wait to be elated by that because – so I love the Mets. That's why. Dude, I, I just want to – because your experience was a pretty powerful one and I, I know that experience firsthand. So – 2006 opening day, um, I was lost. Same same thing, just absolutely lost in addiction. I woke up on opening day 2006. They said I want to watch the Mets clear headed and and actually made it work. That was my that was my day, April 6, 2006. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that, Tim. I, you know, I think for us baseball is so important to us. You know, I mean, it's the um, structure, dude. It's the structure. That's what yeah. got me back into it. It's every night. I would hang out with my mom 
just I, I, I can't leave the house. I can't go out. I'm just going <laughs> to call my mother. I'm going to ha- hang out with a friend that I know I can trust, whatever, and sit and watch baseball, whatever. Yeah, baseball. I mean, yeah, dude, like I can't even remember as a teenager, like baseball kind of keeping me out of trouble. Like my friends would be pissed at me. We'd have some beers. We're all skating around. I said, oh, 650. I got to go home. Pop on Sports Channel on my little 13-inch TV because, you know, I'm old. We didn't have flat screens back then. I, well, you know, um, my friends would be ticked <laughs> off. They really do. Like they, that structure, that's a powerful point, dude, because that really served me well coming up. I bet you there was countless times that who knows what kind of trouble I'd have got into if I wasn't home from 7 to 10 o'clock watching my Mets. And, yeah. and they weren't particularly good teams to this day. On my wall in the in the bedroom that I grew up in is a little newspaper clipping from the awful Kingston, New York newspaper, the Daily Freeman, the worst paper in the history of uh, maybe it's better now. I don't know there anymore, but <laughs> I have the newspaper clipping and it's nothing special. It's just that the Mets were 500 in May. To me, that was that big of a deal, you know, because um, I and I couldn't back then like the Mets, you know, wasn't like it was today. Like there wasn't that uh, national coverage. No. Like, I couldn't even imagine the Mets, like, getting mad love on ESPN. Like, that didn't even compute. And when they started to, I don't know, man, it was like watching your son achieve something. Like, it was so <laughs> powerful to me. And 90, uh, people ask me, oh, what's your favorite season? And I have to say 99 and 2015 are my favorite seasons. Yeah. Um, obviously, in 06, I uh, wasn't quite there. 07, I was around for the collapse. I still have uh, the crying shame from two, from the 07 collapse when Glavin started and the, the cover of the paper the next day was crying shame and it showed a, a kid crying in the stands. Dude, I was so like I, four, I, I was like four seats away from that kid. No shit, really? <laughs> I was right oh, there. Oh, dude. I still have that, the newspaper. It's all like crumbly and weird, but I don't know why I saved it. It's a horrible memory. It's not a good memory. No. Um, but that stung. And then the next year you say, well, it's not going to happen twice. Come on, <laughs> they're not going to do it. And they fucking did it again. Did it just it broke again. my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, at least those I don't put all the blame on me, but I oh, had fun teams. I, 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 10, whatever, 10, 12 years removed. It, yeah, it ended bad, but those are some great teams. Great team. No, you're absolutely right. You great teams full of characters. Yeah. And I, you know, I love David. Right. But dude, if you're on the Mets, I love you. If you've played one Carlos game Delgado. Mets, I'm rooting for you. Carlos oh, Delgado. Delgado dude. Oh my gosh. My guy. I can't believe he, he fell off the hall of fame ballot after one season. It still drives me crazy. Somebody posted the numbers the other day. Like, what's with the Hall of Fame, man? Like, there's like, you could make real cases that like, wait, if this dude is in, how could this dude miss? What's the variable? I don't get it. Like Delgado. I think it might have been Delgado. Tim, it might have been one of your things. Somebody posted something. It might have. Yeah, Delgado's numbers are right there in line. Dude, Delgado was a top of the line player. Like. A beast. My brother, that was his favorite player of those teams. And Beltron, just after 05, Beltron put up beast year after beast year. Beltron was the best, dude, man. What a boy. Yeah. Jose Valentin. What a great. Love Valentin, dude. <laughs> Paul the Duke, I know he can get fresh on Twitter and whatnot. But Paul the Duke was a great, good hitting catcher. I mean, it wasn't Piazza, obviously, but I loved the Duke. Oh, yeah, those teams were for that great, team. dude. Yeah, oh, perfect fit for that team. But dude, I know that you're on to, I know right before we recorded, you were doing, uh, you were doing sound checks. So I'm sure you got a lot going on on your end. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, I have the date here, September 19th in Holmdel, New Jersey at the PNC bank arts center. That's when Coheed will be, uh, back on the East coast. Well, around the East coast, or at least around these parts. Um, yeah. That's probably the closest show 
to home, there's that show. And then there's like a show in Worcester, Massachusetts that are like relatively close to home. There's no like proper New York City show, but it's always a thrill for us to play PNC. I mean, great. Yeah, that's where we would grow up going to see big shows. You ever thought I in a million years, I thought I'd be playing there. Let me tell you, the answer is no. We (laughs) played there. um, I guess 2018 it was. And uh, I have a, uh, there's a picture of it hanging in my living room because I just it still blows my mind <laughs> that there's over 10,000 people there singing along. And I know there's bands that will fill that place with 20,000 people. But yeah. the fact that like a little band from upstate New York had over 10,000 people there is like a real powerful. Sometimes I get teary eyed thinking about it. I just I was a kid again. Every time I get on that riser, I got to kind of like talk to my younger self and say like, isn't this crazy? (laughs) I'm serious. And it's as corny as it sounds. It's really true. You gotta like re-engage. And somehow Tim, maybe if I was a writer like you, I could properly articulate it, but baseball is involved in that. The same way that music kind of dredges up this like nostalgia. I got become a kid again on stage. Baseball is no different. And I always like kind of equate baseball and art to me. Baseball is the same thing. It scratches the same itch. I become a kid again. The beauty of the game, the artistry of the game, yeah. uh, the intelligence of the game, all this stuff is the same thing as music to me. They're like, now they're not exactly the same, but it's like under the same umbrella. It moves me. And baseball is the thing that moves me and makes me feel like a kid again. I could be talking about music. It's the same thing. It moves me. It makes me feel like a kid again. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off. I hope the next sentence you're going to say is that's when the show you're going to come to. I don't know if you're down to come to shows. It's all outdoors. I'll have you hooked up in a spot. You don't have to be around people. I would love for you to come, man. I'm serious. Oh, dude, that it would be absolutely my pleasure to to come out. That would be a blast. Yeah, you let me know off there. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I really mean it, Tim. I would be so thrilled if you came. So you just let me know whatever you need. You, some friends, whoever you want to bring, I'd be happy to have you. I'd be thrilled. Oh. You can rest assured I'll be up there playing thinking, oh, shit, Tim is here. That's dope. That's what's up. So That's incredible, let me man. Know. Well, let's do it. I am down. Um, Josh, where can everybody find you on social media? I know you're very heavy into Mets Twitter. Uh, guys, if you don't follow Josh already, please do, because it's very entertaining. Great takes. <laughs> get photos from the road, which is always fun. Yeah, I try to. They, they, believe me, Rock Nation has hit me up like, hey, you have tweeted. The last 2,100 tweets are about the Mets. I'm like, well, it's baseball season. What do you want? Um, <laughs> You know, I think most of my followers are like baseball fans, honestly. I mean, I definitely there's a crossover of music and baseball fans, but a good a good majority of them are Mets fans. But uh, you can follow me at weird, W-E-E-R-D underscore science. And that's Twitter, uh, Instagram. And uh, that's about all I'm on, actually, as the social media kind of lexicon grows. I haven't. I don't have a TikTok, and maybe I will one day. I don't know. I think I got my hands full enough with full enough with Twitter and Instagram. But yeah, weird science spelled wrong just to make it confusing. That's where you can find me. All right. Well, Josh, again, man, I can't thank you enough for taking the time, especially while you're out on tour to talk some Metsies. This was a blast. Um, we're definitely doing this again in the future once you guys are home and settled in, and uh, hopefully we'll have a little postseason baseball to talk about if they if the miracle can be pulled off. Shit, I hope so. From your lips to God's ear, from our lips to God's ears. Please make it so, universe. But, yeah, Tim, what a thrill. I hope we do get a chance to do this again. And, uh, yeah, brother, we'll be in touch about the show. I appreciate yeah. the opportunity, brother. Oh, dude, I, I'm, I, I can't wait. I might even bring one of my kids. Oh, I hope you do, dude. Whatever you want to bring, you just let me know. All good. Awesome, man. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back uh, after we hear from our sponsors. Hang tight. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, once again, huge thanks to Josh Eppard for stopping by and chatting. We went a little long there. I mean, he's, as you guys heard in the first half, he's uh, he's doing sound check. He was just finishing up sound check. They have a show tonight, well, Thursday night. Uh, again, very cool. Uh, go to Coheed and Cambria's website. Um, again, they're in Holmdel, New Jersey, on September 19th at the PNC Bank Arts Center. Uh you can get tickets there, you get tickets wherever. Um, very energetic show, like just pristinely played, pristinely orchestrated music. Uh, yeah, really. Uh, very, very cool music and uh, very, very cool live music. But before we close things out, we should talk about these upstart Metropolitans uh, with their 4 3 win over the Marlins on Thursday night. The Mets have now won five games in a row over that, well, five games with an asterisk because, uh, what was that, Tuesday's game one win actually counts in April, but that's all right. We did the uh, we did the math for you here. So over their five-game winning streak, and that's what exactly what we're going with, uh, the Mets have scored 27 runs, which, as we all know, is a huge uh, uh, market improvement over what we've seen in recent weeks. They're hitting 320 as a team over that span. The pitching staff's got a 3.16 ERA. And uh, as we mentioned at the Apple, as Gar was, was talking about on the broadcast uh, on Thursday night, as things closed out, uh, you know, the Mets woke up on Saturday morning eight and a half games back. Things were absolutely bleak. Um, even me, you know, you're pretty much, you know, Resident eternal optimist, uh, glad to take all of the uh, the backlash and being called delusional because you know it's baseball and there's always there's always a little bit of time left to to pull something off. I, I talked about it at the Apple uh, this week. I think on Wednesday brought it up that you know in 1973 the Mets were six and a half out with a month to play and they they were in last place, finished the 
season in first or finished uh, the regular season in first, made it all the way to the World Series against the absolute powerhouse Oakland A's, losing in seven. Knocked off the big red machine on their way. Like, you know, it's baseball. Anything can happen, and, and it's absolutely magical when it does. And, you know, until that tragic number is reached, uh, hope for the magic number is always going to be there. But as we were saying, the Mets woke up on Saturday, eight and a half back, and here we are heading into Friday. Uh, and the Mets, have, you know, as of right now, uh, we were off watching the game together, kind of bouncing around on Twitter, and uh, made a quick note that, the Rockies had something cooking in the third. They had a, a run already across the plate to make it 3-1. to one. Atlanta took an early lead. Had uh, bases loaded with one out, and Charlie Blackman hit a grand slam. So as we're speaking right now, I believe they're in the fifth, and uh, Colorado's up 5-3. If you know Atlanta just got swept out of Los Angeles, if they lose in Colorado, and Colorado's one of the best home teams in baseball, so... Boy, you just you gotta hope that uh, whatever high the Braves were on in recent weeks, and and they really were. August they were uh, one of the best teams in baseball. You know, they're you gotta hope that they regress back to the mean in that in that regard. And and uh, you know, it, if they are gonna lose on Thursday night, that's that's four losses in a row, and the Mets have churned out five. And again, just like that, things can change and. There's still 29 games left on the schedule for the Mets. A lot can happen. Uh, things are really appearing to click right now. There's a lot of momentum. Uh, you know, you hate to see the situation unfold as it did with uh, with Zach Scott. Just the um, overall irresponsibility of the situation. You know, you're uh, you've been working in professional baseball for you know over a decade. You're in a very high profile job now why ever take what well you know it doesn't matter if you're or it doesn't matter who you are you don't get behind the wheel after you've been drinking but you got so much to lose what, what do you think anyway i'm not here to pass judgment because all of us have uh have our crosses to bear i uh as me and josh spoke about in the first half um well you know we both have dealt with addiction issues in the past and we don't know if, if zach scott has Issues with alcohol. We don't know anything about the situation at this point. All we know is that he pled not guilty in court on Thursday. The Mets have placed him on administrative leave. And, uh, you know, you have to assume his job status was up in the air going into the offseason anyway, just considering how this year's unfolded. Um, you know, when everyone was getting hurt and the bench mob took over and they had to pretty much fill holes on the fly, yeah, um, Zach Scott did a a really nice job of of plugging gaps when they needed to be plugged, and uh, you know, then came the trade deadline and things kind of fell flat. And of course, we don't know the discussions that happened behind those closed doors. But in the same regard, uh, you, you look around the league at teams like the Yankees or teams like Atlanta, and you know, they they made moves and and they got noticeable. You know, increases in momentum, in in, in production, in, uh, you know, it, it did what a, a trade deadline deal was supposed to do for these teams. And, you know, the Mets missed that boat to a certain extent. Javi Baez could still uh, turn out to be, a, you know, an integral piece, which he already has. <laughs> We've seen the ups and downs, but I think he's already won 
two games just on his slides alone. I mean, uh, you know, you have to kind of tip your cap to the level of player that he is. Um, we'll see how the whole thumbs down thing happens. As everybody's kind of said recently, winning heals everything. So uh, we'll um, we'll see how the thumbs down thing is is recalled once the uh, season comes to an end. But with the Zach Scott thing, I mean, I, I talked about it for, I guess, you know, it was a, compared to what I usually write on the Apple, it was a quick one. I think it was like 500, 600 words. I'm pushing a thousand pretty much every, every time I go out there. But I, you know, I, I said it on, on Thursday, you know, we don't know what happened between the hours of 8.39 PM when it was reported that Steve Cohen's uh, fundraiser, Amazing Mets Foundation fundraiser wrapped up at his family home in Greenwich. Um, Again, multiple reports have pointed to that 9 p.m. time frame. I believe Jeff Passan of ESPN mentioned that uh, it was, you know, that Scott was drinking at the party. But again, there's a lot of information being tossed around. We're going to take it all with a grain of salt. But uh, the fact remains that, you know, he, he made a uh, an irresponsible, potentially dangerous decision after leaving the Cohen residence and. You know, as we just said, t- take a freaking Uber, man. You, you know, you have money, you have, you're at your billionaire boss's house. I'm sure that all you have to do is say, oh, hey, you know, I'm going to be heading out, but I probably shouldn't be. Anything, anything. Uh, again, we're not here to pass judgment, but, and we do certainly hope that if Zach Scott does have an issue with alcohol or otherwise, that, you know, he puts that first. But uh, we don't know any of the details. All we know is that he got a, a D-weed for sleeping in the car, and, you know, it's uh, it's not good. It could have been a lot worse than it was, and, and it's, you know, compared to everything else that's gone down this season, um, yeah, it, it wasn't that bad, but again, it could have been so, so much worse, and that's where the, the problem lies, because, yeah, there, there's a certain element of safety. Oh, let me pull over. I'm too drunk to drive, but <laughs> in that same breath... Uh, you shouldn't be, you know, behind the wheel in the first place. So you just, you know, you shake your head. You thank your, your, your lucky stars that no one was hurt. Um, again, you got to shake your head at what <laughs> what he was possibly thinking. And, you know, White Plains, Mamaroneck Avenue, it's a jumping little area. But, like, come on, man. Uh, you have, at least from White Plains, if you're going back to, let's say he's on Long Island, let's say he's maybe a little bit north of this city, I would assume he's in Long Island. A lot of the Mets players and staff are in that little Gold Coast area because it's right next to the stadium. But that's a hike, man. I used to work up in Purchase. I would have to drive back to Long Island every day, drive in, drive back, all that fun stuff. You know, even middle of the night, if you're coming back at 10, 11 o'clock at night, and there's no traffic, that's still a 45-minute drive. Easy. Uh, it just, you know, so dangerous. So dangerous. But, um, you know, the Mets, they, they said on Wednesday, we're going to determine next steps. On Thursday, of course, they placed him on administrative leave. But, you know, controversy has kind of followed this team around for forever, <laughs> if we're being honest. But just recently, I mean, you had the internal harassment throughout the Wilpon era, uh, countless stuff. We're not even going to go through all that. Just painful to to, to, to bring it all up again. Uh, you know, the Mickey Calloway and Jared Porter bullshit. 
the, the, the team's very public pursuit of, of Trevor Bauer, even though, you know, what you already knew about him, the, the warning signs. The, anyway, you know, the list could go on from there. But, you know, an overwhelming majority of these recent cases, Sandy Alderson has been at the, I don't want to say at the center of them, but he's he's enabled these decisions to be made. He's in in certain situations has been even more of a a fulcrum or, or a, a, has even implemented these decisions even further. I should say, or, or you know what I'm trying to say here. But um, you know, I get it that that Steve Cohen brought Sandy in to be that that baseball lifer to kind of transition his just transition into his era of, of, of being the owner of this team and you know things weren't going well when you know the the, the rumors of Callaway's behavior were, were rumored to have been known and and brushed under the rug and uh, the, the ongoing internal harassment that we just heard about this year that Sandy you know kind of to oh you know it, you know, is in so many words also brushed it under the rug. Just it's um, it's disappointing. I think that Sandy Alderson's fall from grace has been a um, a, 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 a tremendous one. Um, you know, the like I said, he's a baseball lifer. He's put literally his in, entire. T- you know, post-military adult life in, into the game of baseball. He's done terrific things, but um, when you're ushering in, whether it's it's on purpose or not, whether he thinks that he's making the right decisions in these cases or not, he's, um, yeah, and maybe it's time for, I, I think the team is going to give Alderson a chance to, to step down at the end of the year. Um, I also think he will take that chance to step down at the end of the year. Uh, you know, I think just everybody needs a kind of fresh start. So much has gone wrong off the field this season. Uh, it's taken away from whatever's gone on on the field. And yeah, you know, the Mets have been inconsistent and the offense has been, you know, tough to be tough to be found at times. And there's been a, a ton of injuries and it's been a crazy year, but, um, if it's just the on-field stuff, it's I guess it's almost easier to pallet than everything else that's been thrown our way as, as, as fans this year. Having to, you know, and it's not even having to defend our team anymore. It's having to live with the, oh, God, not this again. Because at some point, you, have, you can't even defend them anymore. You know, on the field, sure, yeah, whatever. I have hope. I have optimism, whatever. Off the field, you know, I don't. I'm not going to hold anything back in that regard. I have no connection to the to the front office. I, you know, I've been rooting for Mets players since I'm a kid. I'm not rooting for the for the for the front office. I hope they do make the right decisions. But you know, I don't go to Models and buy a, a Sandy Alderson jersey. Um, you know, it's just not how uh, not how I'm wired. I guess I, I don't know. But in in so many words, just uh, I think a clean slate would be the way to go here. We'll see what they do. Uh, enough of the, of the, the low points though. The, um, like we said earlier, the Mets have won five games in a row this week, four games in a row, technically. And they actually made their, uh, 
their five game winning streak, uh, their their four game winning streak in April is now a five game winning streak as well. So look at this, we get two five game winning streaks. Um, yeah, uh, new life has been breathed into everybody, and I think we're all hoping for the best at this point. Uh, still a long shot, but boy, four and a half games out with twenty nine left is a lot better than uh, eight and a half out with with thirty two left or 30, 34 left. But on that note, everybody, uh, this has been a lengthy episode, longer than usual, so we'll sign off. You know where to find us, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please consider subscribing and reviewing and rating and all that fun stuff. We're trying to get those numbers up. Um, you can sign up for the free email list at the Apple. Keep up there. Again, great to have our numbers up. It reflects well on, uh, on what we're trying to do. And, of course, if you're uh, – if you're in the position to become a paid subscriber to the Apple, it's always uh, greatly, greatly appreciated. I think I said it on Twitter this week when we got a couple of signups. Um, you know, I don't do the paywalls. I, uh, I I just I put the option for anyone who appreciates the hustle to to reward that hustle, and uh, you know, it's coming right along. And I swear, every time that little bell goes off, it's. Uh, quite the thrill it's it's pride it's it's fulfillment it's holy shit i made the right decision to 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 take this and run with it but everybody thanks for the support you know where we go from here it's let's fucking go mets and we'll see you guys next time peace yeah!